You're listening to the 40 Days of Praying for Revival Devotion. There are different types of prayer. There is the quiet, contemplative, intimate, meditative type of prayer that we can engage God with on a personal level. But there is also a wrestling type of prayer, a prevailing type of prayer, an authoritative, declarative, earnest, heartfelt, persistent type of prayer. It's a type of prayer where the person has made up their mind. They know what they want and they will not be persuaded otherwise. They are not praying for things that are superfluous or things they don't really expect to see. Instead, they are asking as though this is the only thing they want. Hannah crying in the temple for a child. Nothing else could satisfy her. Elijah head down, praying for rain, sending his servant repeatedly to look for the answer to his prayer. Where is the answer to my prayer? These are the type of prayers that alter history. These are the prayers that bring breakthrough. These are the prayers that bring revival. You could describe these prayers as audacious. They are brave, they are daring, they are fearless, and they are unflinching. I think we have done well to build contemplative communion with God. But if we are to pray for revival, we have to be daring and step into the arena of audacious prayer. In his classic book, The Soul of Prayer, P.T. Forsyth said the following. He said, lose the habit of wrestling and the hope of prevailing with God. Make it mere walking with God in friendly talk. And as precious as that is, yet you tend to lose the reality of prayer at last. <laughs> wrestling with God, prevailing with God. Do we even know this type of prayer? It sounds like work, sweat, aggression. I mean, do any of those words describe our prayer lives? It reminds me of Jacob who wrestled with the Lord all night to the point where it seems God was willing to surrender. Let me go for day breaks. But Jacob dug in deeper. I will not let you go until you bless me. How audacious, how aggressive, how determined, how single-minded he was. What about Moses praying for the people not to be destroyed? God had to say, let me alone, Moses, that I may destroy them. Exodus 32. But Moses' prayers restrained and prevailed against God. Who did Moses think he was? That he would step up and stop the arm of God. And yet he did. And even more bizarre, it seems as though God was pleased by that. Tertullian said, Prayer hath the nature of violence. In the public prayers of the congregation, we besiege God and take God prisoner and bring God to our conditions. And God <laughs> is glad to be straightened by us in the siege, he said. <laughs> How crazy does that sound? We besiege God. We bring him to our conditions. Are you serious? And he wants that? Do you and I know anything of this kind of prayer? For us 21st century, urbanized, latte-sipping, democratic softies who type emails, such aggression and audacity is just plain foreign. In the 1st century BC, 
A drought so bad threatened to wipe out the whole generation in the Holy Land. That was until a man of prayer called Honi stepped up to the plate. He took his long staff and he drew a circle in the dusty dry ground. And he stepped into the circle and he got on his knees in the dirt and he raised his hands to heaven and he prayed these words. Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name that I will not move from the circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. <laughs> How audacious is that? The moment his audacious prayer left his lips, the sky began to drip and drip. People who were watching began to celebrate, but not Honey. He pressed on in more prayer and he said, not for such rain have I prayed but for rain that will fill cisterns and pits and caverns. And no sooner had he said the words that the heavens break with torrential water and people ran for cover. But, so, but Honey remained in his circle and was not happy and said, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of your favor, blessing and graciousness. And the heavy rain subsided and began to fall calmly and peacefully, the way he wanted, the way they needed. I mean, how specific can you get with God? How finicky can we be? How audacious can we be? According to scripture, there are no limits. In fact, it would seem that he expects and wants such prayer from us. Which brings us to revival and clearly our biggest challenge with it. How do we get our hearts to break for it so that we begin to pray audacious prayers for it? Someone needs to flip our crazy switch and get us drawing some circles in the ground and saying things like, Lord, I'm not going to move until my city is saved. We need a holy discontent and hunger to grip our hearts for souls and miracles and heaven on earth and God's presence to come and churches to be filled and lives to be changed and society to be transformed. We need a revolution in our hearts so that we too can pray audacious prayers. And so we pray, Lord, I bow my heart and I bend my knee. Send revival, but start with me. Pour out your spirit in an unprecedented way. May all who hear be saved today. May all who are saved proclaim the way. Lord, send revival and start with me. Thank you for listening to this devotion. We hope you are inspired to keep praying and to keep believing for revival in our days. 